Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Daughter. Hey friends, thanks for joining. And today, Emma's not on the podcast. I know, it's just me. And if we haven't met, my name is Ben Krejci, and I work on the production team at Watermark. And today, I get to do an overview of the book of 2 Samuel. Now, let's stop for a second. Before we get into 2 Samuel, let's not forget what happened in the first book. Like Emma mentioned in the 1 Samuel overview, the original manuscripts of 1 and 2 Samuel was one scroll. So today, as we study 2 Samuel, we have to understand where we've been. In 1 Samuel, we see God's people call for a king. Despite God taking care of them and being their king, they looked to other nations and wanted a king like them. So they got Saul. And now we get to see that Saul was really doomed from the start. He wasn't the best king. And through 1 Samuel, we get to see the fall of Saul and the rise of David. We got to see the way that David followed the Lord, how he trusted in him, how he followed God's commandments and was even anointed by God to be king when Saul was rejected. In 1 Samuel, we get to see David's preparation to be king. And while we see David's preparation, in 2 Samuel, we see David's service. So what does that look like? Let's split it up into three sections. David's triumphs in chapters 1 through 10, David's transgressions in chapter 11, and David's troubles in 12 through 24. So to start, after learning of Saul's death in chapter 1, David surprises everyone by lamenting the death of Saul. You see, Saul hunted him and tried to kill him for years, and yet we get a beautiful look into David's character. Despite all the running and hiding he did from a man trying to kill him, he stopped and honored Saul and Jonathan. And then chapter 2 starts with the phrase, After this, David inquired of the Lord. Now, this weekend I was reading through 2 Samuel from start to finish, and I found it interesting the times I saw this phrase in some different forms, but as the book went on, I seemed to stop seeing it. And so I think as you read through, kind of look for those places where that phrase is used and sometimes where it's not. But let's get back on track. Anyways, David is anointed king of Judah and Saul's son is made king of Israel and war breaks out between the house of Saul and the house of David. In this, David becomes stronger than Saul's son. And, you know, whenever you come to a part of the Bible where there's a name you can't pronounce, this is one for me, Ish-bo-seth, I believe, Sheth. Um, and he becomes weaker as David becomes stronger. And he ends up dying to his own captains. His head is brought to David. And even in this, David was not happy that Saul's son was not honored. But after that, the elders came together and before the Lord anointed David as king over Israel. And from there, David retook Jerusalem and made it the capital, not only politically, but he desired to make it the capital spiritually. And a verse I just wanted to read was in 2 Samuel 5.10, and it says, And David became greater and greater, for the Lord, the God of hosts, was with him. And so David desired to transport the ark to Jerusalem. And instead of carrying it on poles like God commanded, it was carried on a cart. When an oxen stumbled, Uzzah touched the ark to steady it, and he was struck down dead. Now, the ark is left for three months in the house of Obed-Edom because they didn't want to move it, but then David sacrifices and dances before the ark and succeeds in bringing it to Jerusalem. And there was a fellowship meal, and Micah, Saul's daughter, criticizes David for his dancing, to which David essentially responds with that he was going to dance even harder. Now, at this point, David realizes that God's people has a home. So 
God should have a home. To which God responds as, no, David, you can't build me a house. I'm going to build you one. And in this, in 2 Samuel 7, God gives a promise to David that he would give him a kingdom, that God will establish an eternal kingdom through David, a house that uh, God will establish a dynasty through David, giving his descendants the right to rule, and a throne that God will establish his David line to be king forever. In this, we get a promise of a Messiah that God intends to bless the kingdom with. And right at the height of all of these exciting things, we've finally gotten to a part where God has given David a covenant just like he gave Abraham, promising great things. We see David's transgression in chapter 11, his mistake. From his rooftop, David sees a woman named Bathsheba, the wife of one of David's prized soldiers, Uriah. David takes her for his own, and she becomes pregnant. And David sends Uriah into the front line so that he'll be killed in battle, a, a tragic story which turns the tone of the book to David's troubles. Sent by God, the prophet Nathan confronts David and says the phrase that the sword shall never leave your house. And immediately David owns up to what he's done, but God in his kindness forgives him, but forgiveness doesn't mean the consequences just go away. Thus, David begins to decline and his sons follow suit. After that, an even more heartbreaking story of Amnon, David's son, becomes infatuated with Tamar, his half-sister, and ends up taking advantage of her. Then Absalom, Tamar's brother, was, has Amon killed at a feast, and once again, David mourns. David refuses to see Absalom, but, but over time, Absalom begins to gain popularity of the people of Israel and starts a rebellion. This, once again, has David on the run, and now it's his family who's chasing him. He's yet again hiding in the wilderness, and this time he's not innocent. And eventually, Absalom dies as a part of his conflict, and David mourns yet again. And then we get to chapters 21 through 24, and this is kind of bookended by David and his mighty men and looking back to um, both Saul and David's lives. But in these sections, contrary to what we saw in chapters 1 through 9 of David's success, we also in these see his weakness. We look back at his life and remember God's grace to him. And in 22 and 23, we kind of have a final thoughts of David looking back at his life that's similar to Hannah's prayer that we saw in 1 Samuel. But what it looks back is looking at God's grace, looking and seeing that God is faithful to his covenant promise despite David's sin. And then what we get is the hope for the future promise. So as you read 2 Samuel, and as you get to see a little bit more of David's life, I think the sweetness of me of getting to read this from start to finish in one sitting was to see the ways that it connects to the Psalms and sees the ways that it connects to each of the prophets and Proverbs. And just to not only see God's promise and how he's setting up and through David bringing salvation and freedom to Israel and God's people, but the way that we see David lament, the way that we see him mourn, that in the good times, David still looks back and to, looks for God's will and looks for faithfulness. And then when David sins and when he asks for forgiveness and eventually gets it from God and then has to deal with the consequences of his actions and the way that he mourns for his sons and the way that he continually seeks and reflects on God's grace and goodness in his life. I think as we read 2 Samuel, we see ourselves a lot in what David does, but less than that, let's 
continue to look at the promise of the Messiah, the promise of a coming king that God promised to save his people. And really, that's the fun part of 2 Samuel. In a really story-focused book, we get to see God's promise for his people. Well, friends, that's all we have time for today. But I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com. And thank you guys for listening.